welcome to this Innovation Collaborative for Digital Health podcast. Like colleagues in other regions, clinical professionals here in Northampton are seeing an increase in asthma cases, many of which can result in a visit to hospital. But here, technology has been introduced to reduce the number of patients who need to come to clinic. Well, it's the end of a busy chest clinic here at Northampton Hospital in Area D. The area itself is now the hub as well for a brand new digital service which has been going for just over a year. We're going to hear a bit more about it now from uh, Dr Fiona McCann, the Respiratory Medicines Consultant, and also Francis Mulligan-Evans, who's an asthma specialist based here at the hospital. Good to meet you. Nice to meet you. So tell us then, was that a fair description? This is the hub, the epicentre of a piece of work that's been going on for the past year that's benefited quite a few hundred patients already. Uh, Fiona, tell us a bit about how it, first of all, how it came to be. At the start of 2020, we were given the opportunity to develop um, some virtual monitoring pathways for patients with COVID. Having um, got together with a company called Doppler who deliver virtual wards, um, we initially set up a pathway really, really rapidly, just at the very first surge of COVID. And we were able to um, allow patients to go home uh, in a really fast and rapid, timely way to allow them to be cared for at home and looked after in a safe and effective way. This was really before any of the other innovations for um, home oxygen sats monitoring things came came about. Having developed this pathway, we then used that experience to develop further pathways. And one of those was in asthma. And really, it came about over a lunchtime conversation, really, one day where we decided that we would trial it for patients with asthma. And uh, Francis and I set about trying to develop a pathway, identify patients who could go onto this pathway. And really, it's been going from strength to strength ever since. Tell us then, Francis, from your point of view, as somebody who's involved in in this area of health, what difference does it make, the fact that you can actually involve patients to look after themselves and monitor themselves remotely? So it makes a hell of a difference because uh, most of these patients were had uncontrolled asthma symptoms in the community. They would pitch up at A&E because there was was nowhere else to go. They didn't have any management plans. So it gave us the opportunity to see them in A&E, to... um, expand the workforce in asthma so that we could um, have extra nurses, we could see everybody that presented and we could improve our um, best practice tariff as well which was pretty poor um, prior to bringing in the home monitoring and people were acutely unwell and instead of just giving them treatment and sending them away it meant that we could bring, we could monitor them when they went and we could make sure that they did improve so it was about seeing them, making sure that they, they were improving, monitoring their observations, speaking to them on a daily basis. So, and then we have a video call feature as well on that, uh, on that equipment so we could see the patient if the patient was struggling. This sounds amazing, but just take us back a step then. How was life, or how, how would you say that your life was for the line of work you're in before this? What, what, was, what was a typical kind of day two years ago, perhaps? Um, a typical day uh, two years ago was clinics. It was seeing patients, getting referrals for patients, and um, seeing them in A&E, um, and then they were going home. So there was, there was no follow-up once they left. It was advising them to go and see their GP within two days. Um, and which didn't always happen because of COVID and um, face-to-face contact with GP. 
had ceased at that point. I guess that's what you'd see return patients, patients yes, who patients. You'd, you'd sent them off, they okay. didn't get the treatment, they they, they'd come back. So they repeatedly came back to A&E, uh, they were repeatedly treated and then they were sent away again. So they just kept coming back because there was uncontrolled asthma symptoms and sometimes hay fever symptoms as well that was left untreated and it was impacting on their asthma and making them very unstable and they were exacerbating because of it. So the acute treatment wasn't enough. We needed to give them some education, management plans, um, so that they knew what to do and how to manage their um, treatment at home. We'll meet a patient, we'll speak to one of your patients in, in, a, in a minute, but when it comes to sort of the difference it's made to, to you, to staff here as well, I mean, I imagine a lot of frustration a couple of years ago when you were seeing the yes. same patients coming in and out, yes. and I guess a sense of frustration that you, you weren't really into yeah. the nub of the problem, yes. they were coming back in. Probably they were frustrated, you were frustrated, therefore the system not really working. Is that, is that fair? Was. They were unhappy, they had no confidence in managing their own condition. And it was trying to change the culture in A&E, getting them to phone us to let us know those patients were there, um, and going down reviewing the patient, giving them early treatment as well. So when they come to A&E, trying to give them their treatment within the first hour, and um, I do prescribe for them as well so that they can take that medication home and then follow them up. So it's um, good seamless service uh, in asthma, looking after them and giving them specialist support and follow up as well. Just yeah. just talk us through them practically how it works from so your this, perspective and also yeah. from the patients as well. So this, this is the system here, this is what we've got. Okay, so we've got lots of dashboards on here if you look. So there's a couple of people on home monitoring here. There's um, COVID patients on here. There's uh, pregnant ladies on here as well who are being monitored because they've got COVID. And um, you've got the asthma here. So these are all the asthma patients that are on there at the moment. And you can see here, he's um, quite an unstable gentleman when he went on first and then he became, started to become unstable. Do you have new symptoms? Yes, this would have brought him into A&E because he has new symptoms. And um, he phoned us up. I brought him in here, reviewed him, gave him some treatment. And um, you can see here, it's quite on. And you can see here now he's quite unwell. So this is, this is him going through that pretty unwell patch. Came into the hospital, we gave him the treatment. He improved a little. And then he had some hay fever symptoms that impacted on we've started some more treatment and he's pretty stable now i'm looking so, at the, uh, the the date and time on the top and this is regular this updates is isn't regular it updates. how so useful he is, is that? doing these observations three times a day at home yeah. so morning afternoon evening if he was more unwell he would be able to do extra observations and um, if you know and if he phoned me I would be able to look at the observations and see exactly what's happening there um, and I'd be able to talk to him as well and we can video call him as well through so it would come up on the laptop but you know I'd be able to speak to him through the phone I'd be able to ring him here he'd be able to see me on the phone so he'd be able to see the uniform see the, the nurse and I'd be able to see him I'd be able to see his color you know his work of breathing and um, explain things to him so it's, it works really, really well, really, really well. And it's, it's regular information that's coming through and it's reviewed regularly by the nurse. And when we acknowledge it, um, the, it lets the patient know that I've looked at it and I'm happy with it. And if the patient was unwell here and he had new symptoms, he'd be able to type further to tell me what the new symptoms are and give me more information. And then when I come and check it, I'd be able to see all that information 
phone the patient straight away. And it asks you here, um, do you feel you need a phone call to discuss these symptoms, yes or no? So if he answered yes to that, that would come up red, and I'd get a red box here so I'd know that I'd have to act on the information in there. I guess because it's not just more information, but do you feel it's more accurate because it's it taken when a patient is, is yeah. at home, more relaxed? Yeah, have, you, have you heard of white coat syndrome, Absolutely. people getting you know, yes. upset, stressed about having to come to hospital? Absolutely. Do you feel this is more kind of real, more real world? They're in their own surroundings um, and, you know, as you said, they don't feel anxious, you know, and they're dealing with one person mm. all the time, so they've got really good continuity of care mm. and they know that when they're speaking that that person is a specialist in asthma which is the condition that you know is affecting them at the moment so so it's it's really good yeah. did you as clinicians have any concerns that you know you're kind of losing the kind of face-to-face -face? I mean, as you were hearing there you know you're actually seeing the patient because it's it, it is a two-way thing but it's not the same as being sat in the same room is it no it's not and I have to say when we first took it on I was concerned about the idea of using this for asthma because it's traditionally a very acute um, difficult condition to treat and we have a lot of patients coming into hospital with it who become very sick. What we found however is kind of the reverse that when the patients come into hospital they're often on a general respiratory or a general medical ward they can be looked after by multiple different doctors, nurses, physiotherapists, all kinds of people are going in to see those patients and putting their penny worth of information to the patient. And actually having a very dedicated small um, subset of nurses who know what they're doing and can, and can deal with that uh, condition really well has actually been really beneficial to patients' care. And we're not sort of yo-yoing between different treatments and not knowing when to send them home. It, it's really straightforward. And actually the patients really value the continuity. My name is Mr. Ian McElroy. Well, I'm a 63-year-old man uh, from Northampton, and my background is um, in teaching, really. I was a, a secondary comprehensive school teacher for all my uh, working life, and um, retired quite recently, and um, now I'm busy in another way, providing uh, childcare for my grandchildren and doing other bits and pieces. I do some editing uh, for a local author, and um, I also still do a bit of Spanish teaching. You've probably never been busier, I imagine. Exactly, it's it's that it's that old cliche that once you retire, you 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 know you get on with so many other things, you don't know how you fitted work in. There's a grain of truth in it, I guess. Yeah, well, good on you. Tell us about your health. Though. How have you been for the past couple of years? I, I have had asthma since I was about forty, and um, it wasn't really a problem until several years ago, when for some reason it, it became uh, quite severe. And um, so I was really in a situation, I got to a situation where I was uh, on a kind of monthly cycle of using rescue prednisolone to um, forestall uh, exacerbation um, and then having a couple of weeks where everything was okay and then going downhill again. After some time, I guess a couple of years of that rather difficult merry-go-round, my GP referred me to uh, the chest clinic here and to Francis's team. And your condition as well, I understand you were one of the first to make use of a, an Android phone to monitor your conditions. Tell us about how that worked and, and what was your initial reaction when somebody said you can have a phone, yeah. it will stop you coming into a clinic. What, yeah. what did you think about that? Yeah, well, that, that started really after um, a couple of near exacerbations uh, that where Francis uh, suggested that I use the, I think it's called the Doppler system, yeah, um, to the monitoring system to really pick up some data 
uh, and also keep an eye on me uh, for a period of time. And um, I think it was somewhere between a week and two weeks that I used it. I, I was more than happy to do that, really. I know that the thing is based around uh, one or two little bits of technology, but, you know, I'm not really... Uh, a technophobe I'm happy to embrace <laughs> you know it's only it's only a, it's only a mobile phone after all and so yeah I was I was uh, very happy to uh, use the the docker pack and um, yeah I think it brought a lot of benefits what, what do you think it made difference did it make them perhaps to you having to come to a clinic like this perhaps on a more frequent basis the fact that you could actually mm. you know rely on the phone to upload your, yeah. your information your stats rather yeah. than come in what difference did that make yeah, well, I mean, I think there's the obviously there's the convenience that you don't have to drive yourself to the hospital, um, you know, every other day, and there's an uptick in the amount of data that can be collected because I was using that pack uh, three times a day, so it's quite straightforward. I set my phone for three little bleeps through the day, and it reminded me, and then it's kind of a two-minute job just to do the you know the peak flow, the temperature, and the various things, uh, oxygen saturation, and so on. Uh, and then upload them on the phone. And um, it might seem like a lot, but it does only take minutes. And um, it, the, the, certainly the app on the phone is straightforward to use. And it, it meant that Francis was able to get a hold of a lot of data over a fairly short time. And I, I, I do think that advanced the progress along the pathway to uh, getting me to the point where I am now, where I'm getting really what is, I think, uh, and the clinicians think is the, is the right uh, treatment for the type of asthma I have, which is eosinophilic asthma. Yes, for family, for grandkids as well. This is great news because it means you're looking forward to a summer where you can be as active as they are, maybe. Yep. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens there. But uh, no, you're absolutely right. And um, going back, you know, go back about three years, um, I was really scraping along the bottom there, you know, um, having exacerbations every every four to five weeks. Um, uh, that's no longer the case now because my steroid use has been smoothed out a little every day and then the benralizumab should eventually eliminate even that, you know, that's the, that's the dream. And uh, yeah, that would be great looking, looking ahead, you know, to, uh, to my health in the future. So one satisfied customer there. What's your hope then for the future? You've had 300 people go, come through it at the moment. What's your plans for the next year or so? Yeah, so we have so far focused on patients who are coming to um, acute settings, so A&E, acute medicine, or the acute asthma service because they're really unwell. What we would really like to do is move it back into the community and try to identify patients that are becoming unstable because either they are using a lot of reliever medication or because they're needing to have steroid courses um, and depending on the amount of steroid courses you know that increases their their risk um, what we have started to develop with one of the gps in the community is trying to target patients who are in those categories to see whether by uploading the same app that we're using within the hospital um, we can identify them exacerbating earlier and try to treat them and pick them up earlier so that they then don't end up coming to A&E or acute care settings um, or even going to their GP for a, an acute um, emergency appointment because actually we've already picked it up and treated them. And in doing that, we hope that we can educate the patients to understand their condition a, a lot better and therefore know what to do in the future. And it's trying to empower the patients themselves to understand their own condition and what to do about it and how to, to treat it in each, each kind of setting. 
Dr. Rob Gale is a GP at Langham Place Surgery and he's very excited by this prospect. I'm the respiratory leader in the practice um, and it's also an interest of mine that's led to me taking on additional roles outside of my GP hours. So um, I work for um, Northamptonshire Carers in conjunction with NHFT, which is one of the local community trusts. And we run uh, support groups for people with chronic lung conditions. So primarily COPD, but asthma and lung fibrosis as well. And we run various groups uh, across the county. And then uh, in terms of the, the digital work, I've been working with Dr. McCann, who's one of the consultants that's been involved with this at Northampton General Hospital on a, on a couple of other projects. What proportion of your patients do you think have asthma? So we're 10,000 patients on our, on our practice list. I think when we last checked, we had around 200 to 300 with, with asthma. And, and we're sort of running searches to see if to, to see if there's any that, that may be missing we could pick up. So it's, yeah, it's probably around the sort of 200 to 300 mark. And what effect then do you think it would, would it have if you were to be involved in something like this, this digital pathway where where our patients actually you know, take control of their, of their own kind of destiny, as it were? It would it would help us to sort of prioritise more effectively those people whose asthma control isn't isn't as good. So so that, you know, we, we can perhaps provide them with more intense support. Or, or follow them up uh, earlier than we may have ordinarily. Uh, and it, and it, as I said, it will also um, empower patients to take, take control with a bit more confidence the, the treatment and, and ultimately improve uh, how well the asthma is controlled, improve the quality of life and prevent them needing to seek sort of urgent out-of-hours care or, or urgent GP or even hospital appointments. And in terms of investment in the future, I mean, do you see this as perhaps the kind of the first in a, a wave of kind of systems that might help patients monitor themselves in a way that's more accurate, but also has a longer term benefit? Yes. So I'd certainly hope that we, with this pilot, we can, we can demonstrate clear, uh, you know, benefits for the patient. And yes, in, in an ideal world, I'd like to offer this to us as every patient on my list of asthma and and, and you know pass that out across sort of the, all of the all of the surgeries within Northamptonshire. So it's something that, that everybody at the point that they're diagnosed with asthma or whichever long-term condition um, is given the tools to, to accurately um, monitor their condition and, and, and seek help and, and ultimately optimise the care they receive. In, in terms of the kind of remote aspect of it, I think that's something that we've, we've become accustomed to over the last couple of years. We've using different different software packages either to assess people remotely using uh, online platforms um, and, and cameras or, or um, you know, we've been using different packages to sort of monitor conditions and, and, and request information from patients in the form of pictures or um, answers to, to questions about the symptoms. So um, I, th- I think this this has been met with quite a lot of positive support um, from my colleagues. So that's Dr Rob Gale of Langham Place Surgery in Northampton. I guess stories like that and, and, the, and, the, and the support you've got from GPs like that has got to be exciting because it means I imagine that hopefully in the future even fewer people will have to go through the, the service at this stage. They'll be kind of picked up and, and looked after earlier in the process. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. My hope is that we can almost push it all back um, to the point where the patients can manage their own condition and we're not then seeing them coming into acute care settings and hopefully in time Frances will find herself significantly less hard worked than she is at the moment. Um, it's been going for a year. Frances, remind me how many people we've um, Just shy of 300 patients now gone through in the year. Um, we've had four people come back into hospital uh, while they were on the service um, and those four people were all acutely unwell they were had um, very difficult asthma and we did envisage when we put them on the service that we probably wouldn't be able to keep them out of hospital yes we've had um, patients from 17 years of age up to 85 is our oldest so they've managed really well with the equipment um, and 
the thing about it is some of those patients have come back to us. They haven't presented at A&E, but they have phoned us to say, uh, I'm having a problem with my asthma at the moment. And we would then bring them into chest clinic, do a face-to-face -face review, check them over, prescribe if they needed it, or track them to wherever else they needed to go, whether it was the GP and maybe it wasn't their asthma, and we just um, uh, sideline them off to the GP. But if they needed treatment, we would give them treatment and then they would take another box and they would go back on the service. So it's really good. So uh, anybody who we've seen has never come back to A&E. That's the thing. So of the, of the 300 patients, nobody has ever come back to A&E. They've phoned the service and we've dealt with it and kept them away from the hospital. Three people die in the UK every day from asthma attack. And it's worth educating the patient as well and empowering them so they know what to do when they're having an asthma attack. The other thing is, you know, every 10 seconds someone is having a life-threatening asthma attack as well in the UK. So it is worth, you know, if we can impact on that and make a difference, you know, and empower the patients. And, you know, that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's about a good, safe service, uh, keeping patients safe in the community. And teaching them how to look after their own long-term condition. I do think we've made a big difference. Um, I, I think the patients would think we made a big difference. And looking at when, when I walk through the hospital now, I don't see as many asthma treatments, uh, asthma patients, only the ones that need to be there, that need oxygen or are too unstable to send home at that time. But um, yeah, I think we've made a big difference. I do. Thanks for listening to this Innovation Collaborative podcast. Please share and listen out for more. You can read more about the kind of work that's making a difference here in Northamptonshire by going to the Innovation Collaborative workspace on the future NHS webpage.